0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Today, we are going to be doing another Q&A-style podcast episode, and I actually pulled these questions from my Q&A story this last week, so I appreciate everyone who asked a question. I, I really do appreciate you participating in that. I have a lot of fun doing that, and I pulled some of these questions for the podcast today, and I actually answered all of these already. But I thought it would be fun to elaborate a little bit more on some of them. And I thought there was some good topics of conversation that we could just go into a little bit more depth uh, when answering these questions. Because for those of you who do not follow me on Instagram or don't have an Instagram, like there's a little Q&A box that I post every week. And I ask, you know, who who has a question? You ask a question. I try and answer it. And for me, it's really difficult to, like, get a question that oftentimes lacks a lot of context and then try to articulate an answer that's to the point with some rationale and reasoning as to how I arrived at that conclusion while, you know, also trying to be as helpful as possible. Like it's, it's, I don't know, I found it's fun, but it's, it's difficult to do and it it challenged me, challenges me mentally. And I, I love doing it, but I think, it's really difficult to answer a lot of these questions directly and with definitive answers because a lot of times, especially in the health and fitness space, like the answer is it depends for a lot of things. So, and and the answers today, we're going to have some, it depends kind of scenarios as well. But I always just encourage people to take things with a grain of salt, right? Ask how that, you know, whatever information that you, you know, hear and digest, like how that applies to your life and what information that you could take from that, you know, to be productive in your own life and health and fitness and whatever goals that you're working towards. So I am, I always encourage people to be a skeptic because there's a lot of black and white statements in the nutrition space and the supplement space and the fitness space and fucking in any space that you can you can name but the health and fitness space it can get a little i don't know it, it can be it can be very polarizing right and tribalistic and i don't know there's a lot of strong opinions out there that come from people who are oftentimes trying to sell you things or from companies or programs or stuff that are trying to sell you things right like the the diet industry it's a very lucrative space so a lot of people prey on people's insecurities and when you hear information like just be very weary of absolute terms and and people talking in absolutes because oftentimes you know we need a lot more context and there's a lot of nuance and individualization that needs to happen when it comes to giving recommendations to people um, in the health and fitness space now there are a lot of contexts i think where people would benefit from a lot of big, big rocks, right? Things like getting more sleep and stress management and getting, you know, more active and getting a certain amount of steps in per day and resistance training and hitting a protein goal and eating enough protein throughout the course of the day and, and, um, managing energy balance or the calories that you're eating, you know, getting enough fiber or fruits and vegetables in throughout the course of the day, right? Like there's a lot of big rocks, things that, a lot of people will benefit from. But within that, you know, there's a lot of nuance and individualization that needs to happen. So again, you know, take today's podcast, the Q and A, we have a couple supplement questions and just some things that I'm going to talk about, like take all this information that you get from me and from other people and from other podcasts and, and, and really, you know, try and understand it from the perspective of how it fits your life. Because when you start to take all this information from all these people man, that's when nutrition and fitness can get confusing as fuck because you're getting all these conflicts, this conflicting information, and it could be really hard to fit that into your lifestyle if you're just listening and accepting and adopting everything that you hear all the time. Like, that's just, man, it, it can be counterproductive in some situations. So anyway, I, I'm really good at rambling on and going into these rabbit holes. So let's, uh, let's get back to the Q&A and start with the first question, which is, When should you take creatine? Now, for those of you who do not know what creatine is or have not listened to me or this podcast before, is your first time hearing creatine, scroll back down. I think it's like my second or third or fourth episode. I do another Q&A and I I go a lot more in-depth on what creatine is and is it safe and and how it works and a lot of different things. I'm not going to dive into that completely here. Um, But this person is already taking creatine and and I'm guessing that they're coming from a standpoint is like, is there a time where I should be taking it to optimize the benefits that I get from it? And again, for those of you who do not know what creatine is or who haven't heard of it, creatine is essentially a supplement that has been reliably shown to increase strength and power output, which means when you take it, you get better muscle growth over time. Now, when it comes to taking creatine daily, to be completely honest, it does not matter when you take it. You should take about five grams per day, um, preferably creatine monohydrate. There's a lot of, there can be a lot of different types of, you know, pre, uh, pre-workouts pre and blends and stuff with creatine in it or different types of creatine, but creatine monohydrate is going to be the, the best one and the most popular one and the cheapest one as well. Um, but taking five grams of creatine monohydrate per day is the general recommendation Um, And I just want you to focus on taking it every day, taking it consistently, because it does not matter when you take it. But what does matter is if you take it consistently every day for a period of time. If you take it for a couple of days and then you miss it for two or three days and then you go back to taking it for a week and then miss a week, like you're not getting its full benefits as if you were to be able to, to take it every single day consistently at that five gram dose. Now, creatine is not something that has acute benefits, right? And, and this comes into the justification as to why it doesn't really matter when you take creatine, as long as you take it throughout the cor- course of the day, like just take it when it's, when it's convenient for you. But creatine isn't something that has acute benefits, meaning, you know, if you were to take it before a workout or something, it's going to you know, acutely make you stronger or give you a better pump or, you know, work immediately during that workout right after you take it. Uh, creatine doesn't work like that. Creatine, it, it has more of a, an accumulative benefit over time. And that's where, again, the benefits come from it. And in creatine, the goal of supplementing with it is to essentially have enough creatine coming in consistently to the point where you're topping off your creatine stores that your body can hold at any given moment. And being able to do that consistently over time um, to maintain those creatine stores so you have that you know, readily available when you're doing your workouts and, you know, power outputs. And it has cognitive benefits as well. We're, we're slowly ch- starting to um, see some research that, you know, is showing some potential um, benefits in that realm as well. But, you know, creatine, supplementing with creatine is meant to top off your creatine stores and then maintain that over time. And with that, that's when you start to accumulate these benefits over time, if you just take it consistently every day. So, to answer the question, it does not matter when you take creatine. Just take it once a day, whenever you can, whenever you can remember, and make that part of your routine and, and be consistent with it. Cool. The second question was, if I'm tracking macros, how should I track alcohol? Now, that was the full question I will add a sentence onto that just to add some clarification because usually this question is being asked in the context of like, okay, I'm tracking all three of my macronutrients, right? Carbs, proteins, fats, maybe tracking total calories. Alcohol technically is like the fourth macronutrient, but you know, that technically is not a carb a protein or a fat, but a lot of times people will track that into either carbs or fats um and and have that add up to their total calories for the day or their total grams of carbs or fats whatever it is that they're tracking for the day and i get the question and i i got to take a step back here because slight pivot you know tracking macros is something that i did in the past i did it religiously for like 2 years i i i liked it i learned a lot um but for like 99 percent of people, tracking all three macros really isn't necessary. And instead, gearing your effort and energy towards tracking total calories and then a daily protein goal, I find is going to be a lot more flexible for people. It is going to be less restrictive Right, it's going to be more fluid with people's day-to-day changes in diet, and you know we're in the holiday season right now. Just they're changing their lifestyle and exposure to different foods. Like trying to hit the same macros every day, it just adds this this restraint or this you know handcuffs on people that can drive people crazy. Um, and in reality, like we have a lot of research that shows, like as long as calories and protein are equated, it doesn't really matter what your carbs are or what your fats are throughout the course of the day, as long as your total calories are in check. Um, and and that's why I've really adopted this mindset myself personally of just tracking calories in protein, but also working with my clients to do that as well. Because a lot of people have experiences tracking, um, you know, carbs, fats, and proteins. And if you have tracked all of those macros before, you know the scenario that I'm about to say, right? It's like, you know, you get to your dinner meal, and maybe you didn't plan perfectly for the day, you know, of carbs, fats, and proteins and calories, you know, earlier in the day. And then you get to dinner, and let's say you have 40 grams of protein left to eat, you have six grams of fat, and then you have 112 grams of carbs, and you're required to like, put together this Frankenstein meal that consists of all of these nutrients, right? And before you know it, you're having fucking chicken breast with, you know, a handful of cashews with like two slices of sourdough toast, and you end up creating this like Frankenstein meal that you would have never eaten unless you saw, you know... (laughs) the, the, you know, macros that you were left to work with throughout the course of the day or at the end of the day, like you would never have created that meal unless you had something telling you that you needed to do that because that's what fit into your macros for the day. And fuck, man, I just find that that's, it's really not helping people at that point, right? Like, like you creating some of these meals, having more stress, you know, more restriction on certain things throughout the course of the day. It's like, it's just adding handcuffs to people when they don't need to be there in the first place. And going back to this question, you know, tracking calories and just protein. And when I say tracking calories and protein, technically, yes, you're still entering in all your food and tracking all your food, but you're not Obsessed with hitting a number of carbs by the end of the day or a number of fats by the end of the day, but you're tracking those still, but you're just letting them fall where they fall and trying to hit a calorie goal by the end of the day. I hope that makes sense. And, you know, playing, you know, devil's advocate a little bit, like I do think there are some scenarios that tracking the macros are beneficial and needed and required for some people. Um, again, not the general population, but one of those situations is maybe you are an elite athlete or professional athlete or, or, you know, you're chasing some really intense performance goal or whatever it might be in like getting to a minimum number of carbs or fats and protein and being able to really dial in your nutrition, you know, and making sure you're hitting the minimum numbers of these, of these macros throughout the course of the day to give you that 1%, you know, return on your investment. Like, yes, that is a scenario that you know, if I have a power lifter or if we have some athlete or, or, you know, maybe some endurance runner or somebody who's competing at like a high level who really gives a shit about their performance. And we really need to dial in and and meet a certain minimum amount of some of these nutrients. Like, yes, I think tracking all the macros in that scenario is a good idea Um, or, or can be an option and a good idea for some people if they're willing to do that and they want to do that. You know, one other scenario that I find is kind of underrated that I think is also really important um, when it comes to tracking all macros is if like we have somebody and I have somebody that, again, yo-yo dieter or chronic dieter that's dieted forever and tried keto and low carb and high fat or whatever, and they have a really fucked up relationship with one of the macros, let's say carbs, because usually that's what I see, right? You tried keto, you did low carb or whatever it is, paleo, like And or not paleo, but like Atkins, right? And it's like, okay, you know, I restricted carbs, that didn't work for me, and I'm afraid to eat carbs now. Like in some of those instances, I am more inclined to help give somebody a minimum target for, let's say, carbs or fats, if somebody is afraid of eating fat for some reason, right? In those situations, I'm more inclined to like track all of the macros, or maybe it's protein, carbs, and calories, right? To just to, to help them somewhat repair their relationship with that food and help them get to a bare minimum when maybe they weren't eating any of them at all and working up to a point where they feel comfortable. So again, there are situations where I think tracking all the macros can be beneficial. And this has nothing to do with this question of like, how do you, how do you track alcohol within your macros, which I'll get to in a second. But, you know, at the end of the day, I've, I've really found there's a lot of benefit for people just tracking calories and protein. And there are some, some situations where maybe, you know, tracking all the macros would be more beneficial and more, you know, of a a better use of our time and a better return on our investment in certain cases. But for most people, tracking calories and protein is something that's going to allow you to get to the same body comp goals or performance goals or whatever it is, if we're not some superstar competitive like athlete. So, um, getting back to the question, I say all that, right, because I wanted to give some context of like, hey, sometimes when people are tracking all three macros and they have some alcohol, which does not come from carbs or fats, it's like, how do you account for that into your total calories for the day? And for that reason, I I encourage people to think about tracking calories and protein because that alcohol, I just want you to count towards your total calories for the, the course of the day, right? Instead of thinking like, okay, I'm having, you know, this two alcoholic drinks, that's going to give me 300 calories from alcohol. So I need to multiply that by seven in order to get the total, or or if you didn't know how many calories you were getting from alcohol, you know, multiplying that by seven to get your total calories. And then you divide that by four if you want to, you know, give it to carbs or divide it by nine. If you want to go to fats. It's like. For what, right? Like it doesn't matter as long as calories are equated and you're hitting your calorie goal by the end of the day. So, a lot of times when it comes to people tracking alcohol and they're asking how to do it, it's like, who gives a shit if you account it for carbs or fats? Which, honestly, if you think about it, it doesn't even make sense because it's not even either of those things. But just I encourage people to just track it towards their total calories and just fit it in that way instead of fitting it into a carb or fat, you know, macro range. So, I don't know that that was a really long-winded way to answer that question but I would encourage most people to just track total calories include the alcohol in those total calories and just call it a day after that so don't get too caught up in just always tracking all the macros I, I just think that adds more confusion than anything and for most people it's just it's not something that you need to do when you can get the same result by doing something with less work so cool Next question is, thoughts on taking greens powders like AG1? AG1, for those of you who don't know, it just stands for Athletic Greens. It's their kind of rebrand. I would say Athletic Greens is probably one of the more popular greens powders on the market. And it's likely the one that you'll hear a lot of people pushing or advertising. Uh, They do a really good job at marketing and, you know, like... Joe Rogan or you know Huberman or you know a lot of people will push greens powders because they're making kind of a commission off their discount codes for you which you know again it's a very lucrative space and they do a good job at marketing but chances are you've heard of athletic greens or I've seen it before from somebody famous that you follow because they're all over the place whether it's models or athletes or you know famous podcast hosts like athletic greens is everywhere and i think this question it lacks a lot of context right it just asks like what are what are my thoughts on greens powders like in the context of what right in 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 terms of fat loss or muscle building or or improving your overall health or or gut health or you know as a replacement for a multivitamin like there's a lot of different directions that we could go with when answering a question like this or any question in general that starts with thoughts on as the beginning words, right? But I'd be lying if I sat here and said that I've never taken a greens powder in my life. And in fact, that is something that I do sporadically today, but it was something that I've done for probably a couple of years up until like six months ago when my wife decided she wanted to start taking athletic greens and she just started to take all of it. And I just kind of got <laughs> a half a scoop every, every like other day. Um, but I have taken a greens powder. Um, I started during COVID cause I, again, I, I, at the time, the intent for me was like, how can I cover my basis even more, even though I had a lot of other things in check. And what is something that I could do to just maybe give me a better chance at like covering my nutrition basis and athletic greens was one of them. And I loved it. And I, again, I'd be a hypocrite to say, you know, or sit up here and say, nobody should take a greens powder because I think they can give you some benefits. And again, it just, we have to have some context to the discussion that we're having around it. Because just to say that everybody should take athletic greens or any greens powder for that matter all day every day for you know the rest of their lives like it just be it'd be lazy and it'd be kind of ignorant so i think we need to give some context here um but i'm going to kind of take it in my own direction and and act like this question is asked in the context of like for better health and you know for for improving the way i feel is greens powder worth it to me and taking a step back here, we got to remember that, you know, greens, powders, or athletic greens, like a lot of the greens stuff on the market, um, you know, a lot of those nutrients we get from our food, right? And a lot of people supplement with supplements because they're not getting enough of these nutrients and supplements can be used to kind of fill in the gaps, so to speak. Um, so there is some utility for supplements for sure. And, and I, there is a handful of supplements that, I think are worth it for a lot of people to take. Again, can't make complete general blanket generalizations here, but like things like creatine, fish oil, maybe a D3, K2, I would maybe throw in the mix. I don't know. I hesitate, but like magnesium could be one of those in the conversation. I would also throw like a general multivitamin with minerals though for most people. And part of the recommendation for that is like, most Americans and most people in general do not meet their minimum requirements of a lot of these nutrients that we need on a day-to-day basis. And again, you know, what's the intent in which we're doing things? Like, are we taking a greens powder with the intent of saying to ourselves, like, okay, I'm taking this greens powder. So that gives me an excuse not to eat my vegetables with lunch and dinner today, or not to have fruit throughout the course of the day, or to, you know, count that as my multivitamin. So I could just eat like a fucking high schooler the rest of the day. And that's where I, that's where I have a problem with greens powder. So when you're using it as a crutch or like a band aid to a really terrible diet, like that's never that's never going to fix you know what you're doing nutritionally from a food standpoint. So I always have to throw that out there. I'm not going to recommend greens powders and multivitamins to everybody as a you know fix all. Now, in that cases, hey, it's greens powder or nothing and eating like a high schooler. Like, yes, sure i'll I would rather have you take a greens powder and do that than not have any greens, not have any fiber, not have any fruits or vegetables, not have any multivitamins or nutrients, and continue to eat like a child, right, for like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You're going to be healthier and and, and have a better outcome um, or, or be able to meet some of your bare minimums throughout the course of the day by doing that. so but we gotta remember, right? like what are the reasons that we eat? fruits and vegetables. One is for nutrients, which is what athletic greens can give you or other greens powders or a multivitamin. Um, So the micronutrients we get from that, great. We also eat fruits and vegetables because they have fiber in them, which is really important. And the third reason I would say we eat fruits and vegetables is because they help keep us satiated. It adds more volume to you know, our food profile over the course of the day. And that's not an exhaustive list of reasons why you should eat fruits and vegetables, but from like a health standpoint and for most people, like those are one of the primary reasons why I encourage and why we all need to eat more fruits and vegetables because, you know, I think the average American is eating like 12 grams of fiber per day, which is awful, you know, and, and, When you look at a greens powder, what do they give you? They give you the nutrients, right? They give you the micronutrients. Maybe they have some other, maybe they add a little mini bit of fiber in there or some probiotics or whatever you want to see, whatever you see on the food label, which might have some benefits, probably don't. But um, the things that greens powders lack is fiber and they don't keep you satiated you know, and when we talk about big rocks, again, going back to, you know, what are things that a lot of people can focus on that will give them the biggest return on their investment? Fiber is included in that mix because we have a lot of meta-analyses and, you know, RCTs and a lot of these studies that show that fiber is really beneficial for our health. And to a certain extent, like every, you know, 10 grams of fiber, like our risk for a lot of these diseases and you know, inflammation and some of these things, like, they continue to come down. And fiber, generally people who eat a shit ton of it or eat an adequate amount of it tend to live longer and, you know, have less disease burden as they get older. And and again, not to say that it's only the fiber and the micronutrients that you get from it, that's part of it, but we got to remember, like, when it comes to inflammation and disease risk and development, um, One predicator of that or predictor of that a lot of times is, you know, are you maintaining a healthy body weight plus or minus a percentile of that, right? Like, are you you overweight? Are you obese? We have a lot of obese people in our population right now and fiber is one of those things that can really help control calories across the lifespan if people are eating enough of it, right? The person who's eating 30 grams of fiber a day is probably more likely to not overeat over their lifespan because high-fiber foods, fruits, vegetables, you know, grains, like a lot of these complex carbs, things that have fiber in it, they help keep you satiated, right? They help keep you fuller for longer, and they can help, you know, keep people from overeating consistently over time. So when you don't have these, you know, Fruits and vegetables, and you're not getting enough fiber and you're not satiated and you're not getting that nutrition in consistently, you know, chances are like you're might be a little bit more likely to overeat over time. And when it comes to greens powders, I'm gonna relay this back to this in a second, I promise, but you know, greens powders are. Man, they're just looked at for a lot of people as an excuse not to do the things that they likely know they need to do to be a generally healthy person. And and this isn't everybody. And chances are, like, if you're like myself and you're really health conscious and you're exploring greens powders because you want to maximize your health and you're already double down, and you don't overeat on calories consistently right you eat a lot of whole foods and you're eating a lot of fiber but you still want something that is going to cover your basis again that's going to make you feel good maybe you're taking greens powders when you travel because it's harder for you to to get enough nutrients in and you're you're trying to optimize you know your daily routine your you know your travel routine, whatever routine that it is that you're doing, and you're using a your greens powder in addition to all of those other things. Like I, I have no fucking problem with that. I'd love that, and I, I wouldn't encourage people to do that because it might be redundant at that point. And I don't know if you've never looked at a price of a greens powder, but we we're paying like a hundred bucks a month for some of those, which for some people is a fucking stretch. And I, I don't know. I just I'd rather have people spend that money on whole foods, fruits, vegetables, and their grocery lists for the week, having that 25 extra dollars over the course of, you know, $25 per week over the course of the month spent on whole food, instead of buying a greens powder and then continuing to eat out and have fast food and Uber Eats and and not meeting their fiber and not getting enough fruits and veggies in daily and not making that a priority. It's like, man, there's this, there's this disconnect. So, and again, like them having a greens powder is probably better than them, you know, doing the same things and not having a greens powder. So, you know, greens powders, they have their place. And I feel like I'm, you know, tiptoeing around, giving you a solid answer. But, you know, from my standpoint, I have no problem with you having a greens powder. If you like that, if you include that in your day, you can afford it. It makes you feel better. You notice a difference. Like I, I love that for you. I really do. And I, I encourage you to keep doing that. If that's something you can be adherent with and, and you can really do and replicate and you feel good. And that makes you a healthier, happier person. Fuck. I, I just, that's where I want you to get to, but you know, this idea of greens powders just being this magic thing that's going to save you from a really inadequate diet is just not going to happen. And that's a lot of times the context I see a lot of people asking this question of like, hey, a green powder is beneficial if I don't do all these other things. It's like, you know, the greens powders is not going to solve all those other problems that we've talked about for you, right? Like not getting enough whole fruits and vegetables, you know, having um, a lot of fiber throughout the course of the day, better gut health, better digestion, um, you know, let alone some of the benefits that fiber can have on lowering your cholesterol, right? Like greens powders are not going to be a replacement for the whole fruit, the whole vegetable. And I encourage you to do both. If you do decide to do greens powders, don't let that be an excuse not to, to eat any, you know, fruits and vegetables throughout the course of the day. So I think I beat that horse um, hard enough, but I don't know. Greens powders are okay. I don't endorse them, but I don't discourage them by any means. And again, I'd be a hypocrite to tell you that you shouldn't do it because I have done it and I enjoy it because it works for me. And it again provided kind of this blanket and filled in the gaps for me on days where maybe I wasn't, you know, completely on my plan or I wasn't perfect with it or I can take it traveling with me and continue to feel better. Like those are the things that work for me and I know they work for other people. So. Greens powders, I'm cool with, but we also we also have to think big picture and how it fits into this whole health discussion as well, okay? Cool. That is actually all that I had for today. Just a few questions that I wanted to elaborate a little bit more on. Again, to all of those of you who asked the question, I appreciate you for doing that and participating. It, it means the world to me. I have a lot of fun doing it. If you ever have any questions as well, feel free to email me, DM me, reach out to me. I'm here for you, whatever you need. So until next time, remember to eat with a purpose, train with attention, and think with confidence as you work towards your own nutrition and fitness goals. Thanks for listening today, and I'll talk with you soon. Peace. Thank you again for listening to this episode. If you found value and enjoyed it, it would mean the world to me if you posted a screenshot to your social media. If you do, make sure you tag me so I can say thanks. Or if you're on iTunes, scrolling down and leaving a five-star review would be much appreciated. And if you ever want to get in touch with me, you can always find me on Instagram at LukeSmithRD. Thanks again for tuning in, and I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. I'll see you on the next episode.